Hey guys, welcome back to the show and thank you so much for tuning in. If it's your first time here, hi, my name is Lauren and this is Liam. Hello. And we have a fun show to talk about today. So first up, a sequel to the infamous movie Borat is now streaming on Amazon Prime and a certain scene involves a uh, scandal with Rudy Giuliani that is now trending everywhere. We're going to be talking about that. Then the final presidential debate was this past Thursday and immigration was a topic of conversation. And turns out this past Thursday is also when a lot of us learned that the left as a whole may not actually know what the term coyote means, at least in reference to human trafficking. Then rapper Sawiti, hope I'm saying that right. I don't no, I never know if I've I am. I've never heard it pronounced, but I imagine that's how it's yeah. pronounced. So she released or she was on video talking about how women shouldn't be dating men who can't buy them Birkins, which is a type of very expensive designer handbag. And she kind of kicked off an entire conversation about hypergamy. So we'll both be weighing in. And then finally, based Poland removes the ability of women to abort how, how do I put this? Deformed fetuses or malformed. Just sounds so judgmental, but they're, they're protecting uh, the lives of, for example, people who are unborn with Down yeah. syndrome and things like that. Don't and get too woke here and be like, well, it's just part of the human spectrum, right? But No, I, uh, but you know yeah, what I yeah, mean. I know, yeah. Um, So yeah, that's obviously kicked off quite the controversy. Okay, so first up, there is a sequel to the movie Borat. It's streaming now. It's got like a really, really long name. Borat number two is what we're going to be calling it here. And basically, this is important for the Giuliani story. The plot involves Sasha Baron Cohen as Borat trying to give his fake 15-year-old daughter as a kind of dowry, a gift to first Mike Pence and then Rudy Giuliani. And him trying to give Mike Pence his daughter was the event that led Sasha Baron Cohen, again, as Borat, to crash CPAC earlier this year. I just want to say also, I don't know if the mic picked that up, but if you just heard a loud... Uh, snuffle? A snuffle. It, it wasn't me. Yeah. Jellybean is, is here in the corner. You can't see her, but... Yeah, she's, she's our clearly, snuffle puppet, um, I guess. She's clearly not happy with uh, the Borat movie. I think she's tired. She's weary of this new cycle and... <laughs> I can't blame her, I've got to say. Yeah, this week is when I, yesterday I was hovering over some like dark tweet that I was just like, I despise politics. Like just, I despise it yeah. so bad. Uh, I didn't put it out there, but I'm uh, I'm I'm tired of it. But we were, well, we're almost past an important goal. Mm -hmm. And then hopefully we can take a break before going back at it because it, it is a civic duty. Yeah, so. no, definitely. And I think no matter how much politics may frustrate all of us, we have to remember that even if we choose to tune out, these things that annoy us, they're still happening. They're still oh, affecting yeah, people's absolutely. lives. It's we, just that we're... No, of course. It's yeah. something that you have to do. It's, it's, it's like pulling teeth, but you gotta, you got to get it done sometimes. Yeah, for sure. So we have a clip here of the, uh, the scene that, I'll be frank, makes Rudy Giuliani look really, really bad. So for context, uh, the person the actress who plays borat's daughter in the film she's 15 she's actually of age she's you know like a legal adult and she kind of goes into this fake interview with rudy giuliani rudy giuliani with the intention she wants to seduce him because in this the the movie's plot she kind of has to give herself to rudy giuliani for borat to be saved doesn't really make a lot of sense it's pretty contrived if you ask me but uh this is this is the situation that they found themselves in with Rudy Giuliani. Shall we have a drink in the bedroom? Come here, come here. What There you go, my dear. Okay. You can give me your phone number and your address. Shall we slip you on the jacket? Okay. 
Okay, so that looks bad, right? Yeah, I mean, I, know, I agree that that definitely looks bad. Um, I mean, there were two narratives coming out of this because it, it was kind of, they used stills initially uh, to kind of promote the movie. Right. In, in, involving Rudy Giuliani. And one of the major narratives was um, Rudy, when he was on the bed, was simply, you know, tucking in his shirt. This is a fake news thing. That's Her, what the right is The saying. right was yeah. saying in response to this, what, what, the left was happy with was some kind of zinger on Rudy Giuliani. Yeah. And uh, for me, I have to say, I'm, I'm not impressed with his behavior here, right. personally. I, I mean, I don't know why he found himself in that situation. And, and maybe he was tucking in his shirt, maybe. It just seems like you can also do that standing up to me. <laughs> that, that's my go-to way. When I have to tuck in my shirt, I don't find the nearest bed. Yeah, and lie down on it next to a female reporter. Well, I think the thing is, and we we both have watched the scene in context, like as part of a longer chunk of the movie throughout, even before when he's being interviewed, he's very flirtatious with the reporter. And granted, you know, this actress, she's trying to, you know, she's feeding into it. Oh, so it's oh, not like... more than feading into it. She yeah, started she's leading it, it and yeah. leading it. And is, yeah, but he's so, happy to reciprocate, of course. Yeah, he's, he reciprocates. You know, she does put his hand on her hand on his leg and does a few things like that that definitely lead, her on, lead him on including, as we saw in the clip, offers to go have drinks in the bedroom, which uh, Mr. Giuliani felt inclined to accept. Yes, for sure. So uh, the left is kind of running with this. Rudy Giuliani is a pervert, predator, blah, blah, blah. We have this post from Billy Baldwin. How many different ways did this go wrong? Let's count. Drinks in the bedroom, patting her on the hips, asking for her phone number and address. Yeah, the address thing was weird to me. I get the phone number, but why do you need her address? I like even if you want to arrange a like a meetup later, just ask for the phone number and then you can get her address later. It's just, I don't know. It's strange to me. Old people things, I guess. I, I don't maybe. know. I can't. I don't know why either. Maybe he wants to send her some love letters. Maybe this is how like covert political affairs happen. I, I don't even know. <laughs> then he continues reaching down into his shorts to fluff himself. And I do want to say at this point of, you know, for what it's worth, Rudy Giuliani isn't currently married. So it, this is not good, but I think. He's not cheating on anybody, uh, a spouse, for example, is what I want to say. And I also don't think he was under the impression at all that uh, the actress was underage. She's not, by the way, but in, in just in case anyone's trying to run with that narrative. And that's what even the Daily Wire's Matt Walsh has pointed out. Like, even mm -hmm. if this is what the left is trying to make it out as, it's, it's not great. It's not a moral thing to do. I don't promote promiscuity, but it's not, yeah. you know, it's not a Bill Clinton move. Yeah, I mean, to me... I wasn't impressed with it at all. Um, Matt Walsh is right. The guy isn't married. And I mean, they're legal and consenting adults in that case. I, I don't know. I don't think he was aware that she was supposed to be a minor in that. At right. least I didn't I didn't catch that in there. Um, obviously, if he did, that would be uh, extremely much, much worse. Like totally yeah. different story. Like I would change my tune entirely. But uh, I mean, I still see these kinds of relationships between an older male and uh, a young female of such a huge discrepancy, very strange and and a little bit immoral uh, frankly yeah but that's not whatever i will set that to the side that's a small complaint i will say to uh mr walsh uh, who's catholic um this rudy giuliani has had three failed marriages at this point um so he's been divorced three times uh divorce doesn't exist to a catholic right so he's you know he's technically still married and <clears throat> and i i think that this is immoral regardless but let's be honest I don't think we care that much. That's my stance because I don't think that 
these people, Rudy Giuliani, frankly, President Trump included, I don't vote for them because I think they're some kind of morally upstanding people. I, I've decided a long time ago that these aren't my moral champions. What I care about is when I, if I were to vote for President Trump, what kind of policies he has and that he's willing to pass them and, and will keep his promises on passing them. Because let's be honest, they both had three marriages and they're, I think, a little bit crass, uh, frankly. Yeah, well, I mean, something that I do want to say is that, you know, there are people who will say, like, how can you support someone who... Uh, engages in this type of behavior mm -hmm. number one Rudy Giuliani is not currently an elected official right he's a former mayor he's not right now he's one of Trump's advisors on his legal team but he's not you know he's not someone you can yeah. vote for so no of one's course. voting for Rudy Giuliani right now the second thing is like I know there are people out there who would say like how can you support someone who surrounds himself with people like that like well i mean look at joe biden though the exactly. whole hunter biden what? laptop thing that's that's getting way less attention from the left than this thing with borat and rudy giuliani and rudy giuliani like this doesn't even implicate trump right no. by proxy unlike the hunter biden emails with joe biden so i mean everyone's kind of corrupt and creepy and i don't like it all and i i think i kind of agree with you at the end of the day i care most about policy right yeah. and i think that's i politicians aren't perfect people because perfect people don't exist. Let's judge them based on their track records and uh, what we think that they're going to do in terms of legislation. Yeah. The jobs are politics. And, and yeah, you would like to be represented by somebody, at least I would like to be represented right. by somebody that has um, a similar moral framework. And I can accept that they will make mistakes every now and again, that, like you said, especially in the modern era where there's cameras on 24 seven. Right. But I think you're right. Like the alternative is not any better. Mm -hmm. uh, frankly, uh, you know, if this is supposed to reflect on Trump, like you said, the stuff with Hunter Biden and Joe Biden is far worse. And we have um, like public news uh, organizations and private news organizations just saying they won't cover it because it's a nothing burger. Right. Which is hilarious in comparison. No, for sure. And uh, with that being said, though, there are people on the right who have been defending Rudy Giuliani. Megan Kelly, she noted on social media, this is absurd. I read all of the coverage yesterday thinking he was seen on cam pulling a tubin. If anyone's not familiar with that story, uh, he's someone who decided to pleasure himself during a, a work Zoom conference call. Not recommended. Yeah. Not recommended well, at all. Well, he was actually uh, CNN's lead uh, financial advisor, uh, not financial, legal uh, yeah. advisor. And um, that guy has actually been defended by the left, yeah. ironically, where Giuliani here is doing something in private and... Consenting adults. Yeah, I've actually, I saw a piece, I kid you not, that was arguing that the reason why Tubin is facing so much backlash is because of our, like, prudish social stigma against masturbation. So, yeah. that's... That's uh, why. That's that's the same thing that happened with Louis C.K., yeah. right? All these, like... You just need to be more open about masturbation. You're just shame. You're shaming people for their uh, their kinks and their sexuality. It's just... It's wild. I mean, I know that one of the easiest things, in my opinion at least, one of the easiest things that we could do as someone who's involved in politics is it's so easy just to find instances of hypocrisy. Mm -hmm. But it's wild when it's this blatant to me. Yeah. It's like, it's so obvious. Like, I can't believe that they actually are going to bat for Tubin, who frankly is like not even a needle mover in my brain, right? Yeah. Like, why would you... Who is this guy? Yeah. Like, why would you basically throw the Me Too movement out the window for like this, like kind of middle-aged, like random CNN lawyer dude? Yeah. It's like, who cares? Megan Kelly also said, now having watched it, it really does appear as if he was tucking in his shirt as he said. I get that many don't like him, but this BS is just wrong. Okay, so I would disagree with her there. I think, uh, well, 
I will say, obviously, anything we've seen has been edited by Sasha Baron yeah. Cohen's team uh, right now. The way that it's presented, at least, it looks as though he only stops whatever he's doing when Borat comes rushing into the room. And again, mm. I will fully admit that that could be edited. And to be fair as well, he, at the time, he was instructed to take off his uh, lapel mic, mm -hmm. it looked like. Um, so... You know, there was some kind of impetus for him doing that. But I think context does matter. I think that's one of the things that, that we believe as a yes. show. Um, even in 2020, context does matter. And the fact that he puts himself in a position like that with a young female reporter when they were both engaging in previous behavior. That was it's just, yeah, I, I have no it's problem. Stand up to tuck in your that. pants. That's all. Like, just yeah. stand up to tuck in your pants if that's going to be the excuse you run with, right? No, for sure. Um, so we have... Borat uh, has released a follow-up to the whole controversy that this clip has caused, and we have a clip of that here. Yag Shamash, I here to defend America's mayor, Rudolph Giuliani. What was an innocent, sexy time encounter between a consenting man and my 15-year-old daughter have been turned into something disgusting by fake news media? I warn you, Anyone else try this, and Rudolph will not hesitate to reach into his legal briefs and whip out his subpoenas. So he's kind of defending Giuliani there, I guess, in a way. Not really. It's, yeah. it's kind of funny. I mean, it's it's just an update for the sake of updates, I guess. They just double down in it. Mm -hmm. um, it's a good play on words, at least. Yeah, it is. And uh, actually, I guess this is more important. Sasha Baron Cohen, as, as himself the actor, not uh, the character Borat, he has kind of come out and said that he was actually worried for the safety of the actress in that scene while it was happening. So he's very kind of firmly saying like, no, this was sexual, what he was doing and yada, yada, yada. We have a, a clip of an interview he gave with Good Morning America. He said the Borat video is a complete fabrication. I was tucking in my shirt after taking off the recording equipment. At no time was I ever inappropriate. If Sasha Baron Cohen implies otherwise, he is a stone cold liar. Sasha, how do you respond to Giuliani's tweet? And uh, feel free, Maria, to chime in afterwards. Well, I would say that if the president's lawyer found what he did there uh, appropriate behavior, then heaven knows what he's done with other female journalists in hotel rooms. Uh, and I listen, I just urge everyone to watch the movie. It is what it is. He <laughs> did what he did and uh, make your own mind up. Um, it was pretty clear to us. Maybe um, I want to thank you that I was <laughs> sure that you were going to save me for everything, from everything. <laughs> I was actually, um, I was quite concerned for her during the scene. I kind of agree with him there, at least in terms of go watch it for yourself, Absolutely. decide for yourself. 100%. I don't agree with him in the sense that he was worried about her, her safety. I mean, mm -hmm. the guy, to me, if he was looking to engage in sexual behavior, he laid on his back and he's like this old man. It's like, like there wasn't. I think if anything the, were to have happened, the journalists would have had to do the yeah. heavy lifting. <laughs> exactly. Or the light lifting or yeah. whatever it might be. But um, the, uh, yeah, I, I, was, I guess as a, as a producer, you would be concerned that uh, you don't even you, like you. Uh, you have to protect the actress from anything like that even <clears throat> happening. Any mm -hmm. uh, any kind of unwanted sexual encounter. So there is some kind of leeway for that argument. But let's be honest, she was yeah, she was probably safe. But I think he made the right call in intervening when it was very. Uh, we cut this out of the clip, but yeah, the way Borat comes in the room is definitely. Uh, 
It's an avert your eyes moment. Yeah, and that's why I, I have to say there are some things from the first movie that made me laugh. And I I didn't watch like all of the second movie because some parts are just too much. But he can be funny sometimes. It's just the the vulgarity. Yeah, it's uh, that's something that I'm not a fan of. It makes me cringe. And there's a lot of there's so much cringe humor in Borat. Just in yeah, it is. It's a, hard to watch, which is weird because I. As a rule, hate cringe humor. He's like physically and, incapable of watching. Yeah, I will stuff. like pause things and get up and like walk around. Yeah, to, like, he to, can't like, to prep myself up to like go and start it again. It's I have trouble with it normally, but with Borat, like I, there's no reason why I should like that movie. If anybody yeah. watches this show, they would know that as a rule, I'm pretty grumpy when it comes to movies. He and refuses I, to watch anything. And I, I basically hate politics in movies. And Borat. Even the first one, less so, but this one... Overtly uh, political. Overtly political, and so was This Is America, his previous mm-hmm. thing. Um, but I have to say, when I turned this on, uh, for the purposes of uh, research for the show, I guess, if you want to call it that, um, I found it funny. I was enjoying myself, and, and I laughing. and there's, it's super vulgar, like super vulgar. Yeah, don't and watch I this with children, young teens. I mean, frankly, it's just, this shouldn't be allowed in society. I'll just go out <laughs> and say it, but I... I against all my better judgment i i enjoyed it yes he did uh all right so now let's move on to the debate first though i want to give a shout out to our amazing sponsors expressvpn they have been with us for quite a while now and we appreciate them so very much we hope you do as well so did you know that big tech and big government have actually something in common and that is that they both want to silence any dissenting voices into submission let's say you're a proud gun owner for example and want to talk on social media about the right to bear arms well chances are that your posts may actually be flagged by a content moderator and you might even end up on some kind of government watch list to fight back against having your voice censored by both big tech and big government i recommend express vpn so the problem with big tech is that not only do they attempt to censor you but they also track what you do online what you're searching for the videos that you watch everything you click they know they can match your activity to your true identity using your device's unique ip address when i use express vpn though they cannot see my ip address at all my identity my identity is anonymized by a secure VPN server, plus ExpressVPN also encrypts 100% of your data for protection from hackers and eavesdroppers. ExpressVPN is by far the best VPN that I've tried. It's even rated number one by CNET, Wired, and countless other tech publications. And what you really have to appreciate about ExpressVPN is that it is so easy to both download and use. Even my dad uses it, and he's he's kind of a boomer, but you just click a button and boom, you're protected. So stop letting big tech and big government censor and track you. Defend your rights and protect yourself at expressvpn.com slash Lauren. That's E-X-P-R-E-S-S-V-P-N dot com slash lauren to get three months free amazing deal again visit expressvpn.com slash lauren to learn more yeah i kind of wish i had that before i watched borat so people wouldn't know that i uh watch borat watch borat but yeah here we are all right so this past thursday was the final presidential debate and just so you're up to speed usually there are three presidential debates one vp debate the second president presidential debate didn't happen instead we had two separate town halls because uh the trump campaign said that they didn't want to participate in the sort of zoom debate that the debate commission was pushing for so this was the second and final one and i actually i think trump I mean, I, I know I'm biased, but I think Trump performed really, really well. I think he was a lot more mm. measured, a lot less aggressive than last time. I think his yep. points were solid. 
Biden, I thought, you know, for the first five minutes, I was thinking, oh, wow, they, they must have given him the good Adderall because he seemed more on the ball than he usually is. But then as the clock kind of like went on and yeah. it's a long debate hour and a half, his answers kind of started to fall apart. He well, kind well, of he did have like five days to prepare for that event, to be yeah. fair. He did call a lid on his campaign he during did. that time frame, which yes. might be a great tactic for him and just kind of let Trump have the spotlight. Because when Biden does step into the spotlight, he does tend to fumble a lot. He says, he says some strange things. Yeah. yeah. I, I, for me, I didn't watch the debate as it was unfolding. Um, but what was funny was I was trying to, after the debate happened, immediately after, ascertain who people thought won the debate. There's no good data data out there. Yeah. Like you know, if it was a right wing channel like like Blaze, for example, ninety six percent said Trump won. Trump retweeted that. By yeah. The way. Um, and then if I saw a left wing channel, it was it was I mean not Biden not that far, won, but yeah. Biden winning. So it is yeah, funny saw, just to see our, our how our biases. It's just like we're yeah. I mean, you know? I saw the the Young Turks kind of covered Anna Kasparian. She was saying like, oh Trump, he was floundering and all of this stuff. Well. I mean, you know, watch it, decide for yourself, I guess, is, is the point of politics. Yeah, but we'll see if it has any impact on November On the 3rd, election, yeah. Right? But I mean, like people were saying in the pre-debate coverage, there are already, I think, 50 million people who have voted. Mm -hmm. The ballots are in. So, I mean, who knows? Uh, who knows what's going to happen? But one of the topics that I thought was interesting that the debate touched on was immigration. And uh, we have this exchange to show you. I'm not going to preface it with anything, but let's just say... People were freaking out about something, and I want you watching this to kind of try to guess what that might be. Your administration separated children from their parents at the border, at least 4,000 kids. You've since reversed your zero tolerance policy, but the United States can't locate the parents of more than 500 children. So how will these families ever be reunited? Uh, children are brought here by coyotes and lots of bad people, cartels, and they're brought here, and they used to use them to get into our country. We now have as strong a border as we've ever had. We're over 400 miles of brand new wall. Parents were ripped, their kids were ripped from their arms and separated. So obviously a lot of righteous indignation from Joe Biden there. And, you know, this whole thing, the kids being separated at the border, this has been a huge talking point of the left for the past several years. And of yeah. course, we know that it was kind of implemented under the Obama administration. This didn't start right. with Trump. It did end with Trump, though. Which Trump pointed to at one right. point when he asked, who built the cages? You yeah, know? exactly. That, which was a great line. That's terrific. Yeah, and it is, it's the Obama administration, for yes. sure. And even a lot of the most viral clips of like the children being alone or even just migrants in general, a lot of fact checkers have found that actually those are photos that were taken under the Obama years. So. I just wanted to point that out. And also, Trump is absolutely right when he talks about the human trafficking issue at the border. Um, you know, the people who come, who come over, sometimes either you have families that send their kids with these coyotes because they want their kids to get into the country, even if they can't. And you also have some other people who just use kids kind of as human shields or justification to come in and, for example, claim special status. Um, well, wait a minute. What? Uh, they send their kids with an animal? Is that yes, well, understood? that is what a lot of people apparently understood. So the use of the term coyote, uh, you know, this is a term that Melania Trump also used in those uh, phone calls that were yeah. kind of like leaked to the press. It's basically it's a it's a human trafficker, a human smuggler. And this is, um, you know, this is something that's unfortunately quite common on the southern border. Right. 
Um, you know, there's human trafficking that goes on. You know, a lot of these people are also involved with different types of cartels and things like that. Uh, this was news, though, to apparently a lot of blue check marks on Twitter, most notably David Hogg. Remember David Hogg? Parkland Unfortunately, kid. he's so insufferable. It's he's gotten worse since college. It's much uh, worse now. It's awful. I, yeah. I, I don't I don't fall home on Twitter just because I want to just never have to deal with him. But yeah. thankfully, other people deal with him now. Yeah. So he put out this post. He said, "Imagine calling the immigrant parents that bring their children to the United States for a better life coyotes. The level of xenophobia is sickening." So that's not mm. what Trump said at all. Uh, he's not referring to parents as coyotes, as in an animal. Uh, that is the name. Yeah. That is what human traffickers are called. Yeah, I mean, I don't think he got into Harvard with his uh, academic scores, if I recall. No, no, and, he uh, did not. It's coming through a little bit. I mean, I'll be honest with you. I'm going to just, I'm going to call myself out for the, the smooth brain that I am. I didn't know the term before. Because I'm not, I'm not familiar with, I guess, the American South we border that we much. We don't do enough segments there we on go. immigration. I, uh, I didn't know. I mean, the thing is, the, the big difference is I would have looked it up. <laughs> yes. That's the big difference. I would have immediately found out. And I'd yeah. be like, oh, cool, new term. This is what they refer to human smugglers as. Yeah. What I would not have done is gone on Twitter and been immediately. like, he called them the bad guy from Roadrunner. Yeah. Like, it's... <laughs> Uh, it, it, yeah, it's it's just a yeah, because it's not it's not necessarily action. just the ignorance because you hear in politics terms you may not be familiar with all the time. And there's sure. no shame in that, right? No one knows everything, but it's like the ignorance meshed with the arrogance, yeah, like that you just assume you know and you're just like spouting off opinions that it's like oh. Might want to keep that to yourself, sweetie. Uh, and actually, it's it's kind of ironic because earlier that day before David Hogg posted that, he also posted this saying, we need some kind of mass education campaign to teach the American people how to spot and avoid sharing misinformation. Just delete your Twitter for starters. Yeah, seriously. No, that's pretty that's pretty bad. And actually, uh, you know, he wasn't the only one saying this. So he, he can feel a little bit. I guess, self-assured that it's not just him. There were so many leftists who apparently had never heard this term before. And actually, uh, this one user, Sophia Narwitz, she made a whole collage of all of the blue check marks that thought Trump was literally referring to real coyotes. And it's shocking how many of them there are. Jordan Sheridan saying, did Trump just say children were brought to the border by coyotes? Cherry just questioned coyotes. A lot of people saying, what coyotes? People are being brought by coyotes. So yeah, now there are memes on social media of like this, these small Mexican children riding coyotes over yes. the border. Thing is, I don't even know who's making those memes and if they're a leftist or a right winger. I don't know if there's still someone that yeah, hasn't figured out what coyote means. And maybe he's or, doing it to make fun of Trump, but really it's, I don't even know. There's just... It's Poe's law, right? Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm at a loss here. When I saw those memes, I didn't know how to react. I guess I'm just, uh, I'm not smart enough for this world anymore. Oh my goodness. So that's... that's it's yeah. a sad it's a sad thing first of all that this is what we got out of the debate yeah the like, coyotes is better than a fly though um yeah, but but I, what true. i also want to say is that you know a lot of these people these blue check marks are people who campaign very strongly against yeah. the situation happening at the border if you don't know what the term coyote means and you know you're just really not involved in that particular conversation understandable but there are people who i saw tweeting about like coyotes what you think they're edible or something like that who were very very vocal about the border situation but it's like if you don't even know what a coyote is clearly you don't know what you're talking about if you do like the most cursory research about what's happening with the you know the family separations you will know what a coyote is because they're at the core of yeah. why that policy even exists right these parents mm -hmm. uh, these children a lot of the times aren't being brought over with their parents and 
when they don't want to leave them with unidentified adults. Yeah, that's one of the things that apparently these people will use that I, I didn't know are called coyotes, but they'll actually sometimes even kidnap kids mm -hmm. and bring them over pretending that they're their kids. Right. Right. Exactly. So in order to, to get in easier. Exactly. And actually, we have, um, you know, regarding the 500 or so children who have not been reunified with their parents, you know, a lot of these reports don't mention if they even came with their parents specifically. Yeah. Right. They just say, oh, well, we don't know where their parents is. So it's assumed that, you know, they were pulling them away from their parents. Were they even their parents, though? We don't know. And we have this report from ABC News that I think is very interesting. It reads, Chase Jennings, a Department of Homeland Security spokesperson, said DHS, Customs and Border Protection, Immigration and Customs Enforcement, and the Department of Health and Human Services have taken every step to facilitate the reunification of these families where parents wanted such reunification to occur. The simple fact is this. After contact has been made with the parents to reunite them with their children, many parents have refused, Jennings said in a statement provided to ABC news. In the current litigation, for example, out of the parents of 485 children whom plaintiff's counsel has been able to contact, they have yet to identify a single family that wants their child reunited with them in their country of origin. The result is that the children remain in the U.S. while the parents remain in their home country. So these parents are saying, no, don't send my child back. And, you know, to everyone who's saying that's so cruel of them, keep in mind, they probably think that the children have a better chance at a better life in America, yeah, right? It's actually, Which, it's quite tragic. It's it's That's a tragic situation yeah. for sure. Um, but just for context, you know, it's not like Trump is going like he's going into South American countries, just randomly kidnapping children and separate. That's not at all what is happening. Uh, and I feel like the, you know, the rhetoric from the left is really implying something like that. Another thing that I wanted to just touch on before we move on to the next topic was the fact that during the debate, Joe Biden touted a path to citizenship for what he said were 11 million illegal immigrants. Now, I think that's a pretty shocking statement in and of itself, but what you also need to remember is that whole 11 million illegal immigrant number, I mean, that's been floating around for a long, long time, okay? I think the number of illegal immigrants is likely much, much higher. Hmm. Um, and yeah, so path to citizenship, I, I would love to see po more recent polling about how people feel about that. And I tweeted out, uh, this is kind of funny to me, I tweeted out that, by the way, Joe Biden is advocating for this. And a lot of people on the left were like, yes, this is amazing. Uh, here we have this person saying, hell yeah, productive American citizens paying taxes and contributing to the economy. What is important to remember, Heritage Foundation did a study on this. For every uh, immigrant that comes over with less than a high school degree, they actually end up costing American taxpayers, I think, over $100,000 over their lifetime. So it's, it's, you know, just having another body who is an American is not necessarily more taxpayers. Not right. the same thing. We had this person, again, same thing. We have plenty of room and they'll boost our economy. The idea that there's plenty of room, these are also the people who want you to not have kids because of global warming and overpopulation. Yeah. So it's like, which is it? Is there plenty of room or is there no room? I don't yeah, know. Yeah, and they're, they're the ones that complain about low wages for low-skilled workers. Meanwhile, right? they're opening the floodgates for people who are going to compete with those same low-skilled right. workers driving wages down, which is exactly what yeah. we've seen happening. If, you, if, you, if they don't have high school degrees, they're obviously not the doctors that everybody you know, says it's the model immigrant or whatever right. it is, the engineers, all those things. They're people that will compete with the local population of people that are already... The most vulnerable, Yeah, exactly. So, yeah. Um, yeah, it definitely seems a little bit like a backwards policy to me. For sure. And I think what, what 
people often forget with immigration, especially on the left, is that, you know, you can screen immigrants. Like, they often say, like, oh, immigrants as a whole, this, immigrants as a whole, that. It's like, immigrants as a whole, nothing. There's really nothing unifying immigrants in general, aside from that they're not American. You know, they span the, you know, entire spectrum of skills, qualifications, religion, et cetera, et cetera. You know, if we want to say, like, oh, we do want immigrants to boost the economy, then let's screen them specifically on skill. But guess what? Trump tried that. He was called racist. So, so, you know, it's kind of like a lose-lose situation for the right here. But this is something that I thought was funny. So I posted what Biden said. This person says, excuse me, miss, if we want to know a Canadian's opinion on our immigration policy, we'll ask. You can't pull the you're not from here, you don't get opinion thing while simultaneously advocating for citizenship for illegal immigrants. That's a good point. Because guess what, buddy? Under Joe Biden's policy, I could come right in. You, you can't stop me and I could just vote like this. Do these people not think things through if you no. really don't want my opinion and me to impact you then borders you should love borders keep me out of your country by supporting borders you won't have to worry like people like me stefan molyneux gavin mckinnis uh lauren southern if you need yeah tons so. of canadians tons of canadians it's one of those things that i find is funny too because if the left when the left goes after canadians i've seen this happen a few times now it's but like, also like we end up canada ends up getting a lot of people coming illegally through rocks and road and yeah, stuff like yeah, that because the southern border isn't closed no of course no it goes it goes both ways in, yeah. in so many ways these people these people they become a nationalist for a brief second when they're like wait you're a canadian that doesn't agree with us but meanwhile half the things that they want they're always like look at how canada does it yeah look at how, the canadian healthcare system that's how i want america to be those same people are now like Canadian. You can't have an opinion on American politics. Exactly, and it's so funny because this this happens a lot with like healthcare. Yes. I often get told like, "Oh, you're you're Canadian. Your opinion on American healthcare is irrelevant." But I'm like, "Oh, actually, like I've lived in America. I've had experience with both systems. Let me tell you what you're not talking about with Canadian systems." And it's just like, "Shut up! I I don't want your opinion." And it's like, mm -hmm. "What I." Yeah, anyway, so we have this post here. It says, Sawiti says, if he can't buy you a Birkin, you don't need him, sis. If he's not getting you a Birkin, if he's not paying for your bills, then go ahead and to the street, okay? So he, he need to be paying not just for your Birkin, but also your bills. And like mm -hmm. you you were saying, you looked it up and a Birkin is like a $5,000 bag or something like that. Oh, I, I think that uh, no, way more than that now. Yeah. In fact, what I, I, I watched a video on them to get the whole gist of it. Uh, they're a bag that's only produced by the company, an American might call it Hermes. Hermes. Hermes, yeah. Uh, and you have to get, there used to be a wait list, but now it's like they reach out to you and they offer you a bag if you're, oh, wow. of, if you're of like significant status enough. Uh, and you don't get to choose the bag, apparently. They, they, you know, you just pay the minimum of like something like $12,000. Some of them have sold for $500,000, apparently. Yeah. So the most expensive bags in the world. And if you can't buy it, gentlemen, you gotta Stop be an dating. Himself. Yeah, That's it. I mean, you don't deserve a woman. Um, so this is kind of taking the argument of hypergamy to the extreme. And like, I always, always say, like, have whatever standards you want in dating. But I think the thing is, what so many people, when we talk about what dating standards we have, we don't think of is like, what are we offering the other person, mm -hmm. right? So we have this woman named Sawidi saying, it's like, you either you're getting me Birkins or nothing. It's like, honey, what are you offering to the relationship, right?
Yeah. And I think that's something that, you know, men and women, they don't think of anymore. It's like, what do you bring to the table? Why should someone be interested in being with you? Because like I said, have whatever standards you want. Aim sky high. But you got to realize other people are doing that, too. And if you kind of if you price yourself out of the market by trying to go for people who are frankly just out of your league and you end up alone, you have no one to be upset with but yourself. I don't know anything about uh, this rapper. Uh, Saweetie, I don't follow that scene very much because uh, I have a basic sense of morality and a, a better taste in music. <laughs> but uh, I, I mean, it's weird to me to have someone who I imagine is extremely rich from the hip hop industry. I think she's popular, actually, from yeah. what I understand. Um, demanding that someone else also also cover all her bills. It's like right. you have a career and you make a lot of money. Uh, what are you going to do with that money? First of all, if I'm paying all all your bills, and then if you have a career, like you're, you're obviously not like homemaking. Yeah, like, like what that. are you like, bringing? So, yeah, what's what? the point of yeah, you? You're not exactly. providing financially in this. You're not providing like in terms of like nurturing things. So it's like yeah, pretty much he should just pay for your stuff because you're the woman. And if yeah, it's like if you use your your big head, you <laughs> would realize this isn't this isn't a good deal for me. Even if she's very attractive, I, like that's not. That's not an attribute that is all that rare, especially if you're a rich man, right? Yeah. That has to pay for Birkin bags. <laughs> for sure. Um, so what was interesting about this was I also enjoyed reading some of the comments that came in, and uh, some of them really hurt my soul to see. Uh, so we have this person, Teyonce, saying, I agree, your man should pay all the bills. I guarantee you these women are not simultaneously saying you should cook all his meals. That's which probably is like, true. In the past, that's how the arrangement would work. Like, okay, you want the man to take care of things financially? Well, you got to take care of things at the home. Mm -hmm. And nowadays, women hate being told that but they still want men to have the financial responsibility so it's like you've pretty much shirked all your responsibilities but you still want him to uphold his end it doesn't make sense but she says i think this shiz only pretty girls can get away with in my opinion yeah i mean there i i have and i'm just gonna be blunt i have seen you know like middle-aged career women uh lamenting that they can't find you know a guy that they deem worthy of themselves well it's like look if a guy is successful of a certain status that you would find attractive odds are he has more choices yeah right it's just it's just how it is men are allowed to have standards too i know that's unpopular to say nowadays yeah. but it's and it's weird because it seems like a lot of them are basically looking for like a relationship, a sugar daddy relationship. Yeah. It, yeah. Like, it seems like a very hollow endeavor to me. They're not looking for something meaningful in a romantic relationship, which seems like I don't think you're, I don't think they're going to find happiness with this route anyways. No, I don't think so. Uh, we have this person as well. Men in the comments are mad. Women have standards, but there are multiple tweets on here of men saying they want women with money, black men and their Jedi mind trick pimparky tactic. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I don't really see men being mad that women have standards. I just think that's a pretty ridiculous standard to have. I mean, again, if you want to do that, that's fine. But don't be upset when you can't find anyone that meets it. Yeah. And uh, yeah, multiple tweets on here of men saying they want women with money. And I'm sure these women really take offense to that when they're told. And I see that all the yeah. time. Women get mad anytime uh, there's anything brought up that might lead them to have to improve themselves. Yeah. They don't like it. Yeah. It's, it's fat phobic if you're attracted to somebody who isn't fat or yeah. if you're not attracted to it's, somebody who is fat, I it's guess. It's ageist if you don't want to date a woman who's 35 and it's like, it's all these things. It's um, transphobic if you don't want to date a trans person. Yeah. Go on and on with this stuff. But it's, yeah, men can't men can't have preferences. You can't even be, like, it depends on, on what leftist magazine you're reading at the, or whatever it is. Yeah. If you can be attracted to people of uh, 
another race or not. Yeah, it depends. Sometimes you have to. Other times it's evil if you are. It's uh, right. You, yeah. It's- coin toss this person says this caption left at the part where she said if he ain't paying your bills throw him back to the streets she know everyone don't want or can't afford a birkin bag her point was if that n-word ain't doing s-word for you send him back to the effing streets i don't have a problem with like i i'm not saying ladies you need to be open to dating deadbeat boyfriends or else you're just you know because they're also on the other side of the spectrum women who need to raise their standards like i i see all the time like ladies you can do better you don't need to be with these jerks but it's like i feel like there's we don't have happy medium anymore of like no exactly you know i i completely agree with you i don't mind if if the message was don't be with a deadbeat who's who's gonna come around and and you're gonna be the one working and they come around and mooch on you then he'll be he'll be sleeping around on the side or whatever it is like some girls find themselves in these relationships yeah which Uh, if that's you lady you need to leave you need to be gone yeah no no second thoughts about it and then we have this final one listen ladies don't try this at home hustle and take care of your own bills be responsible when someone comes along and is able to help you great if he isn't take care and handle your business yourself this was my opinion one of the more reasonable answers not the most popular though not the most popular at all and i want to read this reply that she got that's your standards don't tell other women what you think they should do the bar is low and it's like what like that's having low standard just saying i'm going to be able to take care of myself if the man is able to help that's amazing but if not at least i have like what that's what doesn't make sense the role of the man and the woman is um not what it traditionally has been and we're at this weird limbo point where we're very confused about it are you is this empowering to allow a man to do this kind of stuff for yeah. you yeah or is know, it degrading I, I can't yeah i don't even know uh all right so let's talk about poland culturally kind of like a 180 uh from where we just were so yeah, yeah they recently they already had very strict uh abortion rulings um strictest in, in europe I think. And now they've just gone a step further and said you cannot have an abortion uh, for the reason of fetal deformity. And we have this piece from The Guardian explaining things. It says Poland's constitutional tribunal has ruled that abortion due to fetal defects is unconstitutional, rejecting the most common of the few legal grounds for pregnancy termination in the predominantly Catholic country. The chief justice, who, by the way, is a woman, Julia something don't, don't even try i'm it. sorry yeah. uh said in a ruling that existing legislation one of europe's most restrictive that allows for the abortion of malformed fetuses was incompatible with the constitution after the ruling goes into effect abortion will only be permissible in poland in the case of rape incest or a threat to the mother's health and life which make up only about two percent of legal terminations conducted in recent years the verdict drew immediate condemnation from the council of europe whose commissioner for human rights dunya Miatovich. Not bad. Yeah. Called it a sad day for women's rights. Removing the basis for almost all legal abortions in Poland amounts to a ban and violates human rights. Miatovich tweeted. So I think it's interesting that this person is framing this as an issue of human rights. It is our human right to be able to abort Down syndrome babies. Yeah. Like, can we deport just... Deport her. Please, yeah. Poland. You're based enough. Just deport her. Send her to some other country before the people start subverting your laws. Pretty much. Like, can we take a minute to just appreciate that? That's what she's saying. Like, the, this this law is being very clear. Like, you are not allowed in Poland to, I mean, essentially perform eugenics and say that because you have this deformity, yeah. uh, I will abort you, right? It's actually one of... Uh, it's an interesting problem in biomedical ethics um, because not only is it saying... You know, you have a right to abort these people, but there are people with Down syndrome that are alive. And, yes. And you're devaluing their life by saying, I would kill you in the womb 
if I could. Yes. So people that are alive are affected by this too. It's not just a matter of the woman and the fetus, in fact. It, it, it has a widespread effect on anybody that that is born with a, with a uh, genetic disorder, basically. Mm -hmm. And I think that, you know, right to life is one of our foremost rights. And you don't have any less of a right to life just because you might have Down syndrome or any other number of, you know, deformities that people might want to target you for abortion. And actually, I was recently discussing this um, with someone who is pro-choice on RT in an interview. And, you know, these people who are pro-choice, they might say like, oh, but, you know, what if the, the fetus is like not going to live a good life and he's going to die anyway? And it's like, but if you were to try to say, all right, let's have a provision that, you know, you're allowed to terminate just non-viable pregnancies, they would still say that was too restrictive. Like they oh, might yeah. try to sugarcoat things all they want, but a lot of the pro-choice lobby now, it's they don't care. They just want abortion, right? They don't think you a fetus has a right to live. And they might try no. to, you know, distract you with such and such. But I mean, at the end of the day, that's that's what it is. And, uh, you know, I applaud Poland for this because I think they're, you know, if we look at what's happening in Canada, we, we don't have abortion restrictions federally. It's pretty much up to nine months. You're good to go. And I think that is that is disgusting. I think that is infanticide. Uh, you know, U.S., there are several states that are kind of, you know, creeping closer to that in Virginia, yeah. uh, maybe even flirting with post-birth abortion. Freaking governor. Um <laughs> Yeah. So and I also want to take issue with the way this is always framed as, you know, a woman's right, because if you look globally, there are countless number of female fetuses out there who are at risk of being aborted because of their biological sex. Yeah. Right. And it's I know true. we don't hear much about them uh, from the progressive side because these fetuses like they don't they can't vote. They don't have a voice, but their lives are no less meaningful. Yeah. No, it's it is funny, in fact, now that you mention it, because it's true that in places like India and historically in China, right, um, there were a lot of terminated uh, female pregnancies, um, and and moreover, in in the United States of America, one of the groups that uh, the left is most concerned about defending the welfare of, at least allegedly, is uh, black people, mm -hmm. and we know that. Uh, a, a huge amount of black pregnancies are terminated. Right. It's one of the, I mean, people have done studies. It's one of the most dangerous places for a black person to be is in the womb because yeah. the number of abortions in the black community is absolutely insane. And, you know, there are people who've done videos about the fact that the founder of Planned Parenthood, she was kind of like a racist eugenicist who was like, this is amazing. Yeah, let's terminate all of the black babies. Yeah. Like, it's just strange. You know, there are laws where if you murder a pregnant woman, you you get charged with, with two murders. Right. right? Yes. And, but obviously we just we don't we're not consistent. There's a bit of hypocrisy going on yes. and we, we don't protect the life of the unborn as yeah. we should. Um, and actually, like one of the this article obviously mentions that Poland is predominantly Catholic. Yes. And, uh, you know, the pro-choice act ad I was talking with, she mentioned that, well, you know, it's just not true that abortion is anti-Catholic. She referenced, and I'm not sure about this, not Catholic, maybe you can clarify. She said, you know, uh, the Catholic Church wasn't even anti-abortion until like the 1800s. I don't know how many abortions were going on, like medically as a widespread procedure in the dark ages. Uh, but also she said, you know, there are tons of Catholics out there who've had abortions. So clearly, you know, I'm it's sure not that there something. Have. There are tons of Catholics that have done basically every kind of evil deed you can imagine. Right. Um, but there's been many uh, priests and bishops out there that have said you can't even politically support abortion and be, consider yourself a true Catholic. Mm -hmm. you know, on the note of the American election, for example. Yeah, like Joe Biden. Oh, yeah. yeah. Joe Biden is, is allegedly a Catholic, by the way, which he's been refused communion uh, a number of times now. 
um, because of his open advocacy for abortion as a as a human right, basically. Right. And I just want to say that when, when it comes to the issue of abortion, it's not as simple as if you don't like it, don't get one. Right. That's like yeah. saying if you don't like slavery, don't have a slave. Like if, if the, the main core of the question is, is this a human life? It doesn't matter if it's you know, a human life in your body. It's a human life regardless of where it is. Um, but actually, you know, speaking of the issue of Catholicism, what even is uh, a Catholic ruling or, or position to have? Uh, yes. Recently, yes. our our very progressive Pope Francis, uh, he kind of came out, at least according to one director, in support of same-sex civil unions. And we have a clip of Good Morning America that kind of explains everything. Coming out in favor of same-sex civil unions for gay couples, signaling a new direction for the Catholic Church. Yeah, good morning, George. It sent shockwaves around the world. The Pope, for the first time in the church's history, has voiced his support for same-sex civil unions. In a new documentary, Pope Francis is quoted as saying, homosexual people have a right to be in a family. They are children of God. We have to create a civil union law, he says, that way they are legally covered. He now, he has said similar things in the past, but never as explicitly and never as Pope. It's a major departure from the position of the Vatican's own teachings. The emphasis on the legitimacy of gay families is also notable, although conservative Catholics who've rebelled before are calling for clarity. It's important to say we're not talking about marriage, nor has Pope Francis given any formal announcement, but this is a big moment for those who want to see a more modern church. All right, so several things I want to point out. Number one, uh, the Pope isn't actually on video saying these things. It's These are things that he was quoted as having said, so clarity would be nice, I suppose, but the Vatican, at least at the time that we're recording this, has almost in instituted like a media blackout. They haven't offered mm. any more clarity as to what's happening, even though there are a number of especially American uh, bishops and things like that who have taken issue with what Pope Francis has said. Now, we have this quote here from America Magazine. Apparently, what the Pope is attributed as having said is homosexual people have the right to be in a family. Absolutely, they do. They are children of God and have a right to the family. Nobody should be thrown out or be made miserable over it. Okay, yeah. But then he says what we have to have is a civil union law. That way they are legally covered. I supported that. So that last part is the right. issue that's under contention because before that of course like yes of yeah. course but mm -hmm. um yeah a pope advocating for a civil union law and i think this is strange in and of itself because you know a civil union law is not going to be recognized by the catholic church so why is a pope advocating for that's, a government that doesn't make sense to me yeah that that's what i think most catholics are you know um I guess on guard for is, you know, in America they they're allowed to to, to marry civilly, but the the church would never allow this. Uh, Maybe so they will under. There are there are places like Poland that are like very conservative and things like that, but uh, it seems, at least to me, and I, I presume most Catholics in, of both sides, both the conservative traditional type and the progressive fake ones, that um, they we know that this is ultimately look or looks like to be a pretense for allowing um, gay marriage within the church. Because right. I don't understand why you would argue for, for a distinction there. Either, either it's biblically true and therefore um, morally required or, or to, to either get to allow these marriages or not to, right? right. And those There's are the recommendations no that you would make for the rest of society. It's not just Christians and, right. you know, they're, of course, they're allowed to be part of a family, but it is, is that the same thing as... Supporting marriage in an institutional way. Right. That's a, that's an amazing distinction. And what's interesting about this article here is that it 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 
at the same time, it says that this isn't necessarily a new sentiment for the Pope, the, the openness to same-sex civil unions, but it also notes that, quote, as the Pope has often said, this does not mean that he believes that same-sex couples should be allowed to marry. On a number of occasions, Francis has warned against threats to the institution of marriage and described yeah. marriage as between a man and a woman, accepting gay family members or accommodating same-sex partnerships in a civil law, he says, does not mean approving of homosexual acts. I mean, yeah. I definitely agree with the first part. You know, your family is your family. But accommodating same-sex partnerships in civil law, I don't know how you can say that that's not... I don't know how the Pope, right, on behalf of the Vatican can say that that is not approving of homosexual acts. It's very strange to me. Maybe this guy is saying you should be allowed to have the financial benefits of a common law agreement without having any sort of a sensual relationship, I guess. But, but even but then... But that's like, like a very... I don't think that's a genuine argument, right? I right. think that's that's... That's uh, bull, basically. Uh, that's what I would say. That's this is just a this is a slippery slope 101, right? Mm -hmm. No, definitely. And I'm really interested to hear from Catholics who do, you know, uh, follow Catholicism, how how they feel about this. You mean, because you mean Pachamama? Yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> because I, you know, I'm a Protestant, so you know, I don't have to take any type of what what this guy says doesn't affect me at all. But if you are in that position, Popery, as some would say, yeah, yeah. Um, if you are in this position, like how how does this make you feel? And I know there are some Catholics who don't think that, you know, Pope Francis is a legitimate pope, not just because of this, but because of, you know, X, Y and Z things. And actually, in this article, I also remember it's saying that, you know, it focuses on the issues Pope Francis is most passionate about climate change, refugees and something else political. And it's like, is not one of those supposed to be Jesus mm. and like, you know, the church spreading the gospel Maybe that's just me because we've yeah. talked about this before. The church is not meant to be this secular humanitarian charity. No. That is not the purpose of the church on the planet, right? Not that that's not part of being a Christian, but I mean, the main portion is salvation through faith in Jesus Christ, right? And we're, we are meant to be fishermen mm -hmm. of men. It's it's not just to provide these secular services. So I, I don't know if you're Catholic, again, I just I'm trying to wrap my head around how you support this. It's it's definitely I think a lot of Catholics are confused right now. And, yes. and uh, who knows what it's leading up to <laughs> might be might be a new schism or something like that, because there's also what what started all this stuff was years ago, the notable abdication uh, of uh, Ratzinger. Right. Yeah, that, that's the first the, <laughs> the first pope in uh, hundreds of years to ever abdicate his his role. Um, right. So, yeah, it's a weird time for the church. I'm not someone who is um, like there are certain Catholics who get really involved in that level of stuff. I don't really do it, and I'm waiting to see how things play out more. But I'm definitely um, we'll get him on the winning team soon. Suspicious. That's what I would say. It's also kind of interesting to me because the whole thing about like gay marriage and abortion. It's not these aren't the only issues where I feel like Catholics, mainstream Catholics who usually aren't practicing, um, they don't actually know what their religion dictates, right? No. I mean, I've seen a poll that says like 25% of like Gen Z or like millennial Catholics don't believe in transubstanti transubstantiation. 25%? Yeah, it's like Oh, really... I think it's more than that. I think that more of them don't even Yeah, know but it's like things yeah. like that. And like I remember um, a while ago I tweeted about like the Catholic um, doctrine officially recognizes that Muslims have the same God as 
Catholics, right? Allah, like the one Abrahamic God. A lot of Catholics don't know that. And I feel like, I mean, it's there are so many religions out there like that, where mm. it's like, it's just this kind of identity we have, but we don't really look into it. But it, it needs to be more than that. Like if you're yeah. a Catholic, you should familiarize yourself with Catholic doctrine, like wrestle with it. Do you agree with it? Why not? If not, like what, what do you believe then? Don't just kind of take, oh yeah, I'm Catholic because my mom is Catholic. That's not good enough. I, I agree with that, um, but I will also say that I don't think that that's just a Catholic thing. I think basically that's every, what I said. All religions, yeah, yeah, all religions. I think that Protestants have the same thing, and and I, I mean, one of the only religions that I think might be exempt from that. But even then, I'd imagine there's still plenty of them that fall in that boat. Would be Islam because they're mm -hmm. so, at least in their countries, they are very religious, like very all pious, the time, yeah. very very like. The, the, there's not much of a secular society because I feel like a lot of Catholics and, and Christians for that matter as a whole in the West today are nominally Christian. You no, know, right? absolutely like, not practicing just nominally. They don't know anything about theology, church history. They don't know anything about yeah. the Bible. And it's like, Jesus warns against lukewarm Christians, you know, like there's that passage where like he spits out the water that's lukewarm, right? And that's that's what you don't want to be as a Christian. So it's like kind of like crap or get off the pot, right? Mm -hmm. um, there's this really good book, Radical, that kind of talks about um, like living ra like radically through faith and that you actually you know, believe it, you practice it. It's not just something you like mark on a census. But anyway, I'm, I'm going to get off my little soapbox there. Uh, I think that's pretty much all we have to say for now. As always, we thank you guys so much for tuning in and we'll see you next time.